This is Michael Moore, and you're listening to Rumble with Michael Moore. This is my podcast. Welcome, everyone. Lately, I've been delivering podcasts to you with lots of good news, surprising news, hopeful news, and it's been feeling good. Even in the last week, we had the good news from the Georgia runoff and the fact that the Trump organization was convicted on all 17 counts of tax fraud and other various criminal activities by Trump's business. But the one thing they can't quite seem to bring themselves to, I'm talking about the they being the federal government, the Department of Justice, state governments, is to bring him in and bring him down for his most heinous of crimes, that being treason. Usually we think of treason and traitors, at least in American history, when we've had our share of traitors, beginning with the Revolutionary War, there were many colonists who worked for the British, who spied on Washington and his army, who spied on the Continental Congress, and did their best to turn in their fellow Americans and have many people killed as a result of their treason. But usually we think of this in, like in times of war. During the Civil War, many Confederate spies that were up north reporting back home to what the North was up to, what the federal government was up to. There were Nazi spies here in the U.S. during World War II. There was a little spy ring out on Long Island. There are many stories, if you've read them over the years, of how Germans were here in this country keeping an eye on what was going on and reporting back home. But I think there's a different kind of treason that we rarely talk about, the kind of traitor who really wants to bring down our democracy, wants to fight against the civil rights and human rights that are at the basis of what is now our 21st century democracy. We're not quite there yet. We haven't quite fixed everything. It's not a true democracy. We can tell you this, those of you who live in other countries, we like to brag about ourselves, but you know, we know, we still have a ways to go. And I'm one of those people that believe that we'll get there. But it's this other, this insidious treason that takes place where those in this country, especially those with money and power, try to block their fellow Americans from having life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And when you do that, when you go against what is supposedly the very founding principles of this country, and you think you can get away with it, and you do get away with it, well, there's just been too many examples of this over the years, hasn't there been? People have been able to make life miserable for Americans who don't have money, for Americans who don't have power, prestige, property. And so we don't usually think of their actions as treasonous or to, as them as traitors. They committed an act of fraud or, you know, they broke certain laws or whatever. But they're not really traitors. I mean, that's kind of a harsh word, isn't it? But see, I don't think Traitors and treason is just about helping the other side in a 
win a war against the United States. There are various wars that have been taking place in this country for a long time. There has been a nonstop war for 400 years against black people, against African-Americans. There has been a war against women, men, the minority gender, in charge of and in control of women since the get-go. And while women were able to win their right to vote and they were able to get certain laws passed, we still can't get the main one passed, the Equal Rights Amendment for Women. Even though now 38 states have approved it, that's the number you have to have, 38 states have approved it, Congress approved it, and the Biden administration still has not told the National Archivist, which is the way the the rules are set up, to place this Equal Rights Amendment into the Constitution as our 28th Amendment. Still not done. So the war on women continues. The Supreme Court thinks they can get away with telling women what they can do with their own bodies. A war against gay people, a war against just people who live in poverty. Nonstop wars that are conducted by traitors to what we believe this country is supposed to stand for. And there's one particular traitor who has been active for a very long time. I'm not just talking about January 6th. I'm talking about for decades. As a young man, he collaborated with his father to conduct a war against the black people of New York City. When he was in his 20s, in the 1970s, his father, Trump Sr., was a real estate magnate, was a big construction guy in New York City, built dozens and dozens of large apartment buildings and owned thousands of apartments. And then one day, somebody in the federal government thought, huh, yeah, we've been getting a lot of complaints uh, from black citizens saying they would apply to rent one of these apartments and they could never get one. So the federal government, they conducted an investigation and they found out, yeah, that's actually true of these thousands of apartments that the Trump family owned. In fact, in the indictment, in the civil indictment against Trump's father and Trump himself, baby Trump, they discovered that in one year's time, only seven apartments out of thousands were rented to black families. And so they filed suit against the drums. Seven. 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 How did, you know, I remember when this happened, and one of my first thoughts was, how'd those seven families get in? Thousands of white families rented apartments by the Trump family, and seven black families somehow got in. It had to have been right. Their names were O'Malley, O'Leary, Bertolucci, Winslow Van Dyke, Harrison Von Braun. (laughs) They just happened to be black, so they got in. They snuck in. What they did was, what the Trumps did was, they had a special mark they would put on every application when the family would come in or whatever to rent. They just put this little little code mark 
so that they would know and everybody in the organization would know this is, these people are not white. These people are black. I don't think that was really the name they used. They didn't call them African-Americans and they didn't call them black. You've seen the, the photograph of Daddy Trump in the Klan march there in Washington, D.C., right? I mean, there are, the Trump family disputes that that's him, but it's him. Hardcore racist. You know, when you, whether you march with the Klan, you belong to the Klan, you act like the Klan, you are acting as a traitor to what this country stands for. It is an act of treason. Now, lawyers will say, well, Mike, no, that's not legally true because the treason laws are written very much against, if you do something against, against what? Against the United States government? To try and turn down, turn over, bring down, smash, destroy the U.S. government? Yeah, that's what we call treason. But, you know, if you're just denying apartments to black people, is that really treason? Yeah, it is against the law, and it is against the principles of this country, the basic core principles. During and after the Civil War, there's two or three amendments to the Constitution dealing specifically with how we are to treat our fellow Americans who happen to be African Americans. It's right there. There's not one word in the whole Constitution or any of the amendments about women. That word is, is not used, other than the amendment that says that everybody should be allowed to vote. It shouldn't be based on gender. There's still no word, no word used to indicate that women are citizens and are equal citizens. But I digress. So, so this traitor is loose. Mueller couldn't bring him down. Weak, lame. Congress tried twice. He was impeached twice, but the Senate couldn't convict him. Weak, lame. Then a lousy, shitty campaign is run for president. Poorly, poorly run. Don't send the candidate to Michigan. Don't send the candidate to Wisconsin. And then we lose these states by a few votes. I'll say it again, Michigan. Hillary lost Michigan by an average of two votes per precinct. The Democratic Party, the Clinton campaign, lame, weak. And now we've had the January 6th committee and the January 6th committee last week said, you know what? We are going to propose criminal indictments. Congress can't arrest and try a traitor, a lawbreaker. The Department of Justice has to do that. So they're going to recommend this week who they believe they have the evidence to give to the Department of Justice. And I tell you, I don't need a lot of evidence and I don't think you do either. I think all we need is that one phone call to the Georgia Secretary of State, the guy in charge of the elections, after Trump lost in 2020, calls the guy up and says, listen, we need 11,700 votes. 
All I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. Just find 11,700 votes. He's ordering the guy to concoct 11,700 votes so that he would win Georgia and then win the presidency. So what are we going to do here, folks? I only need 11,000 votes. Fellas, I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. Uh, You know, we have that in spades already. It's on tape. Whose voice is it? Not one of his henchmen. Not one of his sycophants. Not Rudy. It's him, baby Trump. His voice speaking as the president of the United States, as the commander in chief, ordering, ordering the Georgia secretary of state to concoct 11,700 votes. You should want to have an accurate election. And you're a Republican. We believe that we do have an accurate election. No, I know you don't. No, no, you don't. You don't have, you don't have, not even close. You got, you're off by hundreds of thousands of votes. I'll tell you, lesser criminals have been sent up the river by the FBI and the Department of Justice with far less tape recordings of phone calls. That one is as clear as a bell. The president of the United States trying to conspire with the secretary of state of Georgia to give him votes that he didn't get in the state of Georgia. You get a call from the president of the United States with that request, that demand. Why is he still walking the streets? Why is he still on the golf course? Why is he still at Mar-a-Lago? I mean, right, we've been asking this for a long time. And now we think, we hope this January 6th committee and Merrick Garland, the attorney general, lame, weak. The fact that he has been running loose for two years after making that call to the secretary of state of Georgia, law and order. (laughs) How many young black men have we shot in the back in that time period? How many other things have law enforcement done to frighten, to bully, to harass people, people without money, people of color, refugees? Oh, yeah, we're big and brave, aren't we, when it comes to somebody trying to swim across the Rio Grande? Yeah, justice. But this guy, still loose? Do you know we're the laughing stock of the world? I mean, seriously. Millions, if not billions of people around the world cannot figure us out. And then came Saturday, December 3rd. Not even 10 days ago. When... This former president 
twice impeached, called on the carpet by the federal government over the last 50 years because of his and his family's treasonous acts against what this country stands for. Never spent a night in jail. And he's right here in maybe the most liberal large city in the country. New York City never stopped him. Never did a damn thing about him. And now, just a little over a week ago, on December 3rd, he makes his most bold and most brazen call for revolution against this country. He calls for the termination of all or part of our Constitution. He calls for rules to be suspended. And he calls for a new vote or a new decision to be made that will remove Biden from the White House and put Trump back in the Oval Office. This is two years after 7 million plus people, by a margin of 7 million people, threw him out of office. And he's still saying that he won. He's demanding that the duly elected president be removed. What would happen to me if I just like started some kind of crazy-ass movement demanding the removal of the president. I don't mean the removal like, you know, by actual means of letting it go through Congress. He's impeached and convicted by the Senate. And, you know, there is a mechanism set up to remove a president. That's not what Trump's going for here. He encourages violence. He inspires violence. He ordered everyone to storm the Capitol and said he was going there with them. And he's still running loose. So, back to just a little over a week ago. What Trump wrote one week ago this past Saturday. I'm going to read it word for word, an exact quote that he posted on his Truth Social social media site. This is his replacement for Twitter that he was kicked off of. Musk has let him back on. He hasn't come back on. So this is on Trump's own social media site. And I want you to listen to these words very carefully. This is Donald Trump speaking. So, with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception, in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democratic Party Do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. 
Just to underscore what I just read, this is Donald Trump's own post asking the question, should we not throw out the presidential election results of 2020 and declare the rightful winner, meaning him, or have a new election? Because as he claims, a massive fraud of this type committed by the Democratic Party, according to him. A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the United States Constitution. Terminate. Wow. I mean, when this was released... 10 plus days ago, I had to read it two or three times because I couldn't believe he would just come right out and just say it. Terminate the Constitution. Declare the rightful winner. Throw out all the rules and regulations. Later that night, a fellow Substack writer, Heather Cox Richardson, you may have heard of her. She writes a wonderful essay, practically every day, called Letter from an American. And you could see that she could barely, she was gobsmacked, couldn't really catch her breath, and used language in her essay that, you know, she's a professor, she doesn't usually, uh, she plays it pretty cool. But I just, I want to read you, if I can, just a, just a couple of sentences of her reaction to this, we'll call it a tweet, by uh, Donald Trump on her Substack. Today, one of former President Trump's messages on the struggling right-wing social media platform, Truth Social, went viral. In the message, Trump again insisted that the 2020 presidential election was characterized by massive and widespread fraud and deception. And he suggested that the country should throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner. In other words, Trump is calling for the overthrow of the United States Constitution that established this nation. He advocates the establishment of a dictator. Heather goes on to say, Trump remains the presumptive presidential nominee for the Republican Party in 2024. So the leader of the Republican Party has now just called for the overthrow of our fundamental law and the installation of a dictator. Republicans, she concludes, so far are silent on Trump's profound attack on the Constitution, which is the basis of our democratic government. That is the story, she writes, and it is earth-shattering. I couldn't agree more. What more evidence is needed? He is calling upon his tens of millions of followers, many of them armed, many of them regretting that they didn't bring those guns to the insurgency on January 6th. We continue to live in a very dangerous time. 
and the fires of violence are being stoked by this man who now publicly has suggested the termination of the United States Constitution. Stunning. Let me just read this one line again that he wrote. A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Wow. Who could get away with this? He thinks he can. Well, he has so far. Mr. Attorney General, members of Congress, members of the Senate, what are you going to do? Before I continue here, and I want you to stick with me because after I get done thanking our underwriters for this episode today, I'm going to name some names. I just don't want to say them out here into the ether. I want to do this with you. I want you to hear this. So stay with me here. But first, I just want to take a moment to thank our underwriters. First up, many thanks to National Geographic Documentary Films and Neon for their incredible film, Fire of Love. So this is the story of Katya and Maurice Kraft. These are two individuals who love two great things in life, each other and volcanoes. For two decades, uh, this daring French couple roamed the planet, chasing eruptions and documenting their discoveries. Ultimately, sadly, they lost their lives in 1991 during a volcanic explosion, leaving a legacy that forever enriched, though, our knowledge of the natural world. Director Sarah Dosa and her filmmaking team fashioned a lyrical celebration of these intrepid scientists' spirit of adventure, and it draws from their own spectacular archive of footage. Fire of Love tells a story of primordial creation and destruction. Following these two bold explorers as they venture into the unknown, all for the sake of love. You can watch this right now. It's on Disney+. Plus. Check out this remarkable film. And a huge thank you again to National Geographic and Neon for supporting this podcast and for supporting my voice. Next up, I also want to thank a longtime Rumble supporter, and that is Moink. From small family farms to your dining table, Moink is a meat subscription service that gives you access to the freshest, sustainably sourced meat and fish straight to your door. You choose the meat and the fish delivered in every box. They have everything from grass-fed beef and lamb to pastured pork and chicken to sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon. And you can cancel the subscription anytime. It's such a great feeling to me, and it will be, I think, for you too, knowing where your food is coming from and that you are helping family farms stay financially independent too. So let's keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash rumble. If you do this right now, listeners of this show get a free filet mignon in every order for a full year. 
That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste, and it's only now for a limited time. So Moink Box, that's M-O-I-N-K Box dot com slash rumble. Moinkbox.com slash rumble. Don't forget the rumble part. That's how you get the free filet mignon. Okay, so yes, we had a great blue wall, a blue tsunami. We saved the Senate. We we will control the House by keeping the Republicans in disarray and discombobulation. We want governorships. We want state houses, state senates all across the country. A historic win for a first-term president during a midterm. And yet... And yet we still have the leader of one of our two major parties and all the people that support him in those parties. In other words, we have one of the two major parties calling for a termination of the rules and regulations in our constitution, calling for an overthrow of the government. In other words, they are still calling for it because they still will not say that Biden is the president. They are saying he's not the president, that Trump is the president. These are the people who are in our Congress and in our Senate. This is the man who is still the leader of the party. And I don't want anybody to rest for a minute thinking that we're safe here because we are not safe. And the greatest example of that is what's going to happen on January 3rd. On the night of January 6th, 2021, just hours after a mob was sent by Trump up Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol building to storm it, commit acts of violence, attempt to take it over, sent there to stop the certification of Joe Biden as president of the United States, cop killers, awful violence and vandalism that even the Confederate army was never able to do. And yet a Confederate flag flew through the hallways of Congress that day. After many hours of this, the National Guard finally got there. And along with other police agencies in Virginia and Maryland, got the insurgents out of the Capitol building arrested a number of them, restored some sense of order, and encouraged the members of Congress and the Senate who were in hiding to come back into their chambers and finish the job of certifying Joe Biden as president of the United States. And when they all got back into their chambers, there were 147 members of the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, a total of 147 Republicans who stood and voted to support what the insurgents had demanded. They voted to not certify Joe Biden as the President of the United States. They were carrying on the riot 
without killing any more cops. They were committing an act of treason. They were being traitors to what we are, who we are, what this country is. You have an individual, Joe Biden, who the majority of the country voted for. These votes are all certified by both Republican and Democratic secretaries of state all through the country, all certified, counted and recounted and triply recounted, 60 different lawsuits, all won by Joe Biden. Lawsuits from the Republicans trying to stop him from entering the White House. So it's all legal. It's all certified. And yet they still voted to say that Joe Biden is not the president of the United States. It's an act of treason. And there were 147 traitors in the Senate and the House that voted this way that night. Did the work that the rioters wanted them to do. And on January 3rd, here in just a few weeks, in the House of the 139 in the House on January 6th, Republicans who voted to overturn the 2020 election, there were 139 in the House and eight in the Senate, all Republicans. Of those 139 that voted that way, that committed this act of treason, 118 of them were reelected to the House last month in November. 118 traitors who committed an act of treason that night put back in the House by the people who live in their districts, many of those districts gerrymandered by the Republican Party. 118 reelected to the House. And of the eight senators, well, they have the longer term, so most of them are still there. But one of them was up for re-election last month. A guy by the name of John Kennedy, however he got that name, I don't know, was re-elected last month in Louisiana as a senator. The other seven, their terms are not up for another two to four years. So John Kennedy of Louisiana traitor, returned to the Senate last month and 118 Republicans re-elected. And they will take their seat again for the next two years in the U.S. House of Representatives on January 3rd. And if you're wondering what happened to the other House members, that weren't reelected, that are not taking their seat in the new Congress on January 3rd, they decided either not to run or they ran and lost or they ran in their primary and lost their primary. Three of them died. And then two House people are going to be in the United States Senate. So 118 were reelected to the House. And then three of them, two House people and one senator, are going to be in the United States Senate in three weeks. Hmm. So three weeks from today, 118 traders will take their oath of office, their oath 
fingers crossed behind their backs. Now there's 435 that serve in the House and 100 in the Senate. So if you want to look at the bright side of this, of the 435 in the House, only 118 <laughs> of them are traitors. Man, they found one Nazi spy on Long Island. It was headlines across the country. Freaked everybody out. We got 118 living in broad daylight. Going back to the United States Congress. Still saying, still saying that that election was not right should be overturned. Biden's not the president. Trump's the president. And I just thought, you know, I don't know. You wonder sometimes in the digital era here how much of this will ever be available to people in the future when they go back and they look at this time and they try and figure it out. You know, in the past, there's there's things that were written down. Paper and ink that survived for hundreds of years. Then there was tape physical tape, recording, audio tape, videotape. And we're sort of beyond all that now. Now we have all of this on digital. And a lot of it's very ephemeral. It just goes up into whatever in the internet verse. How long will it last? I don't know. I'm going to put this though. I'm going to make sure this episode is put on something physical because I want people 25, 50, 100 years from now, I want them to be able to listen to this, to read this, and to remember what we did and what we allowed to have happen here. Just think of this. 118 Confederates were let back into the United States Congress. No, they couldn't do that. In fact, they put it in the Constitution after the Civil War that if you participated in any kind of uprising, to try to overthrow the United States government in any way, shape, or form, you were prohibited from ever holding any kind of office ever again. It's in the United States Constitution. It's right there in the 14th Amendment. It's right there. How is it that these 118 can be seated after participating in what they did on January 6th? I want to call them out. I want their names on the record. I want their names. I want to say their names. I want people to send this around. I want you to share this with family and friends. Let's not let this die. Let's take our stand. Let's demand action here. They need to know if they ever participate in something like this again, there are consequences that are going to have to be paid. And I will put this on some, I don't know what, I guess I'll put it on some analog tape and put it in a, in a decent box and make it available or have it somewhere. I don't know. I'll donate it to the Library of Congress. I'll put it in my archives I've just got to say this. I'm going to say their names. And I know you're thinking right now, oh, no, Mike, you're not going to read 118 names of members of Congress. Yes, I am. And do not, please do not stop the podcast. I want, because I want, it, it doesn't, it won't, it doesn't work if, if it's not heard. 
I need you to participate in this with me, not just in me saying the names, but knowing that hundreds of thousands of you, millions of you are listening to these names right now. And I'm putting them out there right out into the air here and hoping that you will pass this around, that you'll take the printed transcript of this that we'll have available here on our site in the next few days. Print it out. Let's keep a written record. Let's tell the next generation and the generation after that and the generation after that. Let these names go down in infamy that these traitors, hours after people tried to overthrow our government, voted to support why they were trying to overthrow the government, to stop the duly elected president of the United States from being seated in the White House, to overturn the election, the actual vote by over 160 million Americans who voted They hate this country so much and they hate you and I so much and they hate everybody who voted so much that they would do this. And then they they thought they could get away with running for office again and did and won. So they're very cocksure right now. They're, they're very enabled by the system that's going to let them sit there in Congress for the next two years. I want their names heard. I want their names spoken. I want a permanent record of these individuals who sought to destroy this country. And I'm asking you, please, for the next few minutes to be those who listened to these names being read. Join me in this. Don't turn away. Maybe just sit and close your eyes for a few minutes and listen to this. I'm going to say every one of their names, every one of these traitors who are still going to be in Congress starting three weeks from today. So let me begin with the Senate. We have three traitors in the Senate, one who was up for re-election and one last month. That's John Kennedy of Louisiana. And then there were two traitors who were in the House on January 6th last year who voted to overturn the election. And they ran for the Senate last month and won a seat in the Senate after their act of treason last year. And that is Ted Budd of North Carolina and Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma, two new senators being sworn in who voted in the House to overthrow the United States government. These are the 118 that will be in our new Congress who committed this act on January 6, 2021. Congressman Jerry Carl of Alabama. Congressman Robert Adderholt of Alabama. Congressman Barry Moore of Alabama. Congressman Mike Rogers of Alabama. Congressman Gary Palmer of Alabama. Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona. 
Congressman Paul Gossar of Arizona, Congresswoman Debbie Lesko of Arizona, Congressman David Schweikert of Arizona, Congressman Rick Crawford of Arkansas, Congressman Ken Calvert of California, Congressman Mike Garcia of California, Congressman Daryl Issa of California, Congressman Doug LaMalfa of California, Congressman Kevin McCarthy of California, Congressman Jay Obernolte of California, Congressman Doug Lamborn of Colorado, Congresswoman Kat Kamek of Florida, Congressman Mario Diaz-Ballard of Florida, Congressman Byron Donalds of Florida, Congressman Neil Dunn of Florida, Congressman Scott Franklin of Florida, Congressman Matt Gates of Florida, Congressman Carlos Yemenes of Florida, Congressman Brian Mast of Florida, Congressman Bill Posey of Florida, Congressman John Rutherford of Florida, Congressman Greg Stubbe of Florida, Congressman Daniel Webster of Florida, Congressman Rick Allen of Georgia, Congressman Earl Buddy Carter of Georgia, Congressman Andrew Clyde of Georgia, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, Congressman Barry Loudermilk of Georgia, Congressman Russ Fulcher of Idaho, Congressman Mike Bost of Illinois, Congresswoman Mary Miller of Illinois, Congressman Jim Baird of Indiana, Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana, Congressman Greg Pence of Indiana, Congressman Ron Estes of Kansas, Congressman Jacob Letourneau of Kansas, Congressman Tracy Mann of Kansas, Congressman Harold Rogers of Kentucky, Congressman Garrett Graves of Louisiana, Congressman Clay Higgins of Louisiana, Congressman Mike Johnson of Louisiana, Congressman Steve Scalise of Louisiana, Congressman Andy Harris of Maryland, my congressman where I live, Jack Bergman of Michigan, Congresswoman Lisa McLean of Michigan, Congressman Tim Wahlberg of Michigan, Congresswoman Michelle Fishbach of Minnesota, Congressman Michael Guest of Mississippi, Congressman Trent Kelly of Mississippi, Congressman Sam Graves of Missouri, Congressman Blaine Lukemeyer of Missouri, Congressman Jason Smith of Missouri, Congressman Matt Rosendale of Montana, Congressman Dan Bishop of North Carolina, Congresswoman Virginia Fox of North Carolina, Congressman Richard Hudson of North Carolina, Congressman Gregory Murphy of North Carolina, Congressman David Rouser of North Carolina, Congressman Jeff Van Drew of New Jersey, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis of New York, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik of New York, 
Congressman Adrian Smith of Nebraska, Congressman Warren Davidson of Ohio, Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio, Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio, Congresswoman Stephanie Bice of Oklahoma, Congressman Tom Cole of Oklahoma, Congressman Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma, Congressman Frank Lucas of Oklahoma, Congressman Cliff Bentz of Oregon, Congressman John Joyce of Pennsylvania, Congressman Mike Kelly of Pennsylvania, Congressman Daniel Muser of Pennsylvania, Congressman Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, Congressman Guy Raskenthaler of Pennsylvania, Congressman Lloyd Smucker of Pennsylvania, Congressman Glenn Thompson of Pennsylvania, Congressman Jeff Duncan of South Carolina, Congressman Ralph Norman of South Carolina, Congressman William Timmons of South Carolina, Congressman Joe Wilson of South Carolina, Congressman Tim Burchett of Tennessee, Congressman Scott Disjarlis of Tennessee, Congressman Chuck Fleischman of Tennessee, Congressman Mark Green of Tennessee, Congresswoman Diana Harshbarger of Tennessee, Congressman John Rose of Tennessee, Congressman Jody Arrington of Texas, Congressman Brian Babin of Texas, Congressman Michael Burgess of Texas, Congressman John Carter of Texas, Congressman Michael Cloud of Texas, Congressman Pat Fallon of Texas, Congressman Lance Gooden of Texas, Congressman Ronnie Jackson of Texas, Congressman Troy Nels of Texas, Congressman August Plufker of Texas, Congressman Pete Sessions of Texas, Congresswoman Beth Van Doyne of Texas, Congressman Randy Weber of Texas, Congressman Roger Williams of Texas. Congressman Burgess Owens of Utah, Congressman Chris Stewart of Utah, Congressman Ben Klein of Virginia, Congressman Bob Good of Virginia, Congressman Morgan Griffith of Virginia, Congressman Robert Whitman of Virginia, Congresswoman Carol Miller of West Virginia, Congressman Alexander Mooney of West Virginia, Congressman Scott Fitzgerald of Wisconsin. Congressman Tom Tiffany of Wisconsin. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert of Colorado. And there they are. Let their names live in infamy. The three who will be in the new Senate that voted to overthrow our government on January 6, 21, and the 118 in the House of Representatives who also voted to overturn the election and committed this act of treason. 118 names that will be in the new House of Representatives reelected to it. All of them Republicans. All of them sought to undo our vote. Sought to put Trump back in the White House. Sought to remove Joseph Biden 
as president of the United States. What's the old Woody Guthrie line? Some criminals rob you with a gun. Others do it with a pen. That's what we've got facing us in this new Congress. And while these traitors make up just a little bit more than a quarter of all the House members, and in the Senate, those who will be serving in the Senate, the 10, make up about 10% of the Senate. So it's not the majority. There's the silver lining. But you know what? 118 traitors seated on the floor of the House of Representatives? That's not a good thing. And you know, the thing with these traitors is they don't quit. I mean, did you see just yesterday, Marjorie Taylor Greene said that the uprising that took place on January 6th, the violent uprising that killed people, killed cops, that it would have been successful had she run it, had she led it, had she been in charge of it, she and her people, it wouldn't have been the failure that it was. They would have succeeded in shutting down the government and shutting down the certification of Joseph Biden as president of the United States. She actually said this yesterday. Appalling. But they, but they have no shame. This is why we can't let them out of our sights. They were traitors on January 6th. They're going to be traitors on January 3rd. They not only commit acts of treason, they announce that they're going to commit more acts of treason. They're going to try it again. January 6th to them was just a dry run. Didn't work. Next time it will. Wow. I know you said, Mike, why are you bumming us out here? You, you for a couple months, were just making us feel so good. Well, I'm, I mean, my job is not to bum you out or make you feel good. It's just to tell you what the truth is. The truth is there was not going to be a red wave. And the truth is there's some scary friggin' people that are going to sit in the United States Congress and the Senate beginning in three weeks. What are we going to do about this? How are we going to stop them next time? All of this deserves thought and action now, not waiting till it happens. So that's why we all have to stay active and involved, standing up for this democracy. We have to find ways to work with each other, to come together, to realize we're all in the same boat here. And while we may have our differences when it comes to certain policies and beliefs and things like that, the one belief that we all share, the belief that this flawed democracy of ours should have a chance still to be what it could be, what it should be, what it will be. But we have a house of traitors that's going to be in session for the next two years. And we have a traitor from Trump Tower now by way of Mar-a-Lago who is still running loose. We, the people, demand 
justice. We demand that he pay for his crimes. He has called on his followers, and there are tens of millions of them, to terminate, that's his word, terminate the United States Constitution. If we can't stand up now against this, if our voices remain silent or muted, if we don't demand that the government take action against him, if we don't block the 118 who are going to take a legitimate and legal seat in the House of Representatives on January 3rd, we have to fight them every inch of the way. Traitors are in the House. I won't stand for it, and I hope you won't either. The people are on our side, and we are a nonviolent people. We believe that the sheer numbers of us, coupled with the law that is on our side, we will be remembered for saving this democracy at a dire moment in our history. Take pride in that. Join in. Don't just stand by. Thank you for giving me this time today. Thank you for being the listeners of those names. Thank you for letting me read them to you. And to anybody who's listening to this a hundred years from now, know, please know, that the majority of us did not approve and we took our stand against it. I'm Michael Moore. This is Rumble with Michael Moore. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>